This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the cities, and all over the world. Today's guest is Total Sunshine, and I cannot believe how grounded she is. Yet, she has an empire of a business that she has built purely from regional Australia. Christy Withers is the founder of Incy Interiors, a multi-million dollar designer kids furniture business now based in Orange. Christy grew up on a sheep farm in Oberon as one of four children. She worked for St George Bank and in marketing and advertising for eBay before the currently dizzy days of online. And this was an experience that gave her the confidence to start sourcing, designing and manufacturing her own kids' beds 10 years ago. This year, Incy Interiors is celebrating its 10th birthday and there are some seriously exciting collaborations happening this year to coincide with this. It's no surprise really because Christy is just another one of those human energizer bunnies who are constantly on the go. So I started by asking her about her Sundays what they're like for her, and if it's a time that she's set aside for relaxing. To be honest, I find it really difficult to relax. It's not something that's in my personality, so I really struggle. So the thing the thing I love the most, uh, my ultimate is to have a bath with a glass of wine and read a book. That's my ultimate relaxation. Um, but a Sunday afternoon, that's typically our family time. We try to keep our Sunday afternoons and nights as, you know, just us, the four of us. So I've got a 13-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter and my husband. So it's just the four of us typically. And that's just our kind of relaxing time where we watch a movie, pack school bags, you know, get ready for the next day, lay out uniforms. And so, yeah, it's kind of our family time where we just really spend that time together. And it's something that we're quite guarded on. I'd never book anything on a Sunday afternoon. Tell me a bit about your, your family space and where you live. So we live on a hundred acres um, just outside. So basically midway between Millthorpe and Orange. And we've had it for about five years. We, the ultimate dream is to build our proper big house, forever house there. So that's starting next month. Um, it's been a long, it has been the forever project. Um, oh, wow. It's been a long, long, long time in planning. Um, and yeah, it's finally happening. So a few years ago, we built a guest house, which is really just a garage with a basically a two-bedroom apartment. It's really cool um, above it. And so we've been living there. And in, yeah, hopefully by this time next year, we're in our big forever house. So yeah, this is, this is where we want to be forever. Now, tell me about where you grew up then, because it's not, um, yeah, you, you didn't grow up in Orange. No, no, I didn't grow up in Orange. Not far away though. So I feel like it's pretty similar. Um, so I grew up on a sheep farm just on the outside of Oberon. So on the way to Janolan Caves. And I, I really, um, I really did have an idyllic childhood. So my dad's one of nine, he's the second youngest. So I have, I can't even remember the number. Um, I should have asked again, but it's something like 130 immediate relatives. So um, there is so many of us. And I was so lucky. I grew up with, you know, we would catch the bus home to granny's house. So 
my dad and his brother live on the family farm. So they inherited the family farm. All of his older siblings got different properties around the place. Um, but because they were the youngest, we got the family farm, which is called Loch Gary. Um, yeah, so we would all go up to Granny's after school, catch the bus home to Granny's or in the holidays. And there would be anywhere from 10 to 20 people there that I could just hang out with, like old school yeah, fun. Um, and then in the holidays, we would just all hang out together. So we'd, we'd have to be up early. Dad's a farmer. So, you know, I'd be up at six o'clock ready to go. And we'd just go up to Granny's, and, um, which is the main part of the property. And, um, yeah, just hang out with all our, our um, cousins. It was pretty cool. And what about your immediate family? Do you, you have brothers and sisters? I do. Um, I'm the eldest of four. Um, so I'm 40. My next sister down is 36. Uh, no, 30. No, she's 38. Sorry. And then my next sister is 30 and then my brother's 28. So there's like 10 years between us, um, all from the same family, um, all from the same parents. People think that we're step parents, step sisters, brothers and stuff. Um, but no, all the same family. We're really close. Um, you know, in every year we're away on holidays together for two weeks and um, up and so my brother Tom he he works at INSEE he's worked here from the very beginning my sister Tara worked here for about nine years so she went off and did real estate about 12 months ago and then my other sister Amy was our nanny for a long time until she had her own children so yeah we're we're very very close that's probably so, too close my so husband sometimes oh yes <laughs> <laughs> too much family time yes <laughs> oh wow um so we were talking about your ideal sunday afternoon or what normally happen, happens within the the withers household come a monday morning how does it look for you each morning, my husband's up at 5.30, his alarm goes off at 5.30, so we're all, I'm awake then. Um, I typically get out of bed about 6 and then it's just that same rush that I'm sure every other household across the country is having. We're trying to get dressed, making breakfast, you know. My daughter is a nightmare to get ready. Um, she's the she's so slow moving, um, and she's great because she reminds me that I need to slow down because I'm constantly in. Um, I'm just always running late. And I'm always in a hurry. I'm just like, come on, let's go. I'm just constantly going, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And she's just so slow. Um, so it's a good reminder for me often, but it can be very frustrating in the mornings. And my son, God love him, he's. He literally is up and dressed and had breakfast all before quarter past six. And then the two of us literally spend the whole morning trying to get Polly ready and out the door by 7.30. So that's a typical morning in our house. Oscar and I are going, come on, Paul, eat your breakfast. Please come here and I'll do your hair. Oscar's like, I'll feed the dogs. I'll do everything I need to do just to get us out the door. So, yeah, it's, a, it's the same story every morning. School holidays makes me realise that yeah, you just flick a switch when school goes back and this, this, this nagging hurry to, like, meet your time limits and uh, it's just crazy. I wish that we could step outside of it, but it's so difficult. Yeah, yeah. it sure is. So tell me about your business, NC Interiors. What does it look like for you at the moment? So we, so Inc. Interiors, we sell um, 
kind of, we call ourselves designer kids furniture. So we're not just kind of standard kids furniture, but yeah, so we, we're based solely. So I'm based here in Orange and our marketing manager is based here. The rest of the team are all based in Sydney. Our warehouse is in Sydney and we're primarily Australian focused, but we do operate in a couple of other markets. We've got a distributor in the UK, a distributor in the US, and then some stockists kind of in nine other countries. So that keeps us busy. Um, we are we we had a, a, a business model a couple of years ago that was really focused on um, wholesale. So we had our products in lots of like little stores around the place. Unfortunately, lots of those little stores closed down um, over the last few years. And the, and the great thing is that that seems to be a turning tide and it feels like all those little regional stores are now opening back up again, which is pretty exciting. But during that time, we have, you know, we basically became um, really focused on our online store. So it drives probably 95% of our revenue at the moment. Um, yeah, so we just, we're a tiny little team. There's only six of us. Um, yeah, so we just, we I've just got a crack little team who just all just, you know, punch above their weight um, and just really get in and get stuff done. So 95% of your sales being online, that's huge, isn't it? Mm, that is huge, especially when probably three years ago it would have been 50%. Amazing. Mm. So yeah. tell me how that's changed with, is that what most online businesses would be experiencing? Uh, I think we were a little earlier um, than most online businesses. I remember, so before INSEE, I managed eBay's marketing and advertising team. So obviously online is something that, you know, I was very, you know, au fait with. Um, so when I launched INSEE, I remember we, we launched with a website and we were talking to various stockists when we first launched and they were like, oh, we can't stock your products you have a website too you're going to be our competition um and that has really changed over the years so in, in 10 years that's you know everyone has a website now but um we really focused so it was probably that we were in a market so back in 2017 uh, i think it was four of the top five baby store chains um shut down in the one year so back in 2017 we would have had 200 stockers in australia and in the one year, four of the five shut down. I think we lost about 100 stores in that 12 months. Um, and that made us really go, okay, we need to have a better business model that we have a bit more control over. So back in 2017 was when we went, okay, we're really going to focus on ourselves and focus on the online and really making sure that we've got control of that. And, and also um, the great thing about online is that you can also control the customer experience. Um, so I love that you know people can contact us directly and we know exactly the kind of customer experience they're going to have so we were probably a bit earlier um, to getting really focused on online than most um, like basically back then not many of the other um, furniture brands were online but I think they've really all so I think 2020 made the world become online so even you know little local stores are now got their own website so I think really 2020 was a big game changer for online penetration so what gave you the confidence back then to to go online just your experience that you had had at eBay and knowing and observing growth in other countries 
Yeah, so one of the key things we used to look at at eBay, um, there was this graph which was called online penetration. It's such a horrible <laughs> word. Um, and basically Australia at um, wherever, whatever year it was, we were five years behind the US and we were two or three behind the UK. So I knew what that graph looked like. I'd seen that graph for five years while I was at eBay. And I knew that, you know, but Australia did have faster adoption. So yes, we were behind, but we were adopting at a faster rate. Um, so I knew what was possible. I guess I, I, I knew that there was so much power in online. Um, and Australia being such a big country, it was just inevitable that we had to get on board, basically. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it was just my experience at eBay that gave me the confidence to do it. I'm also so interested in the backstory as to how INSEE first started and what gave you the confidence to do that. So explain to me its inception, where the little seed of an idea <laughs> came from. Oh, this is a story I, I've told so many times. But um, so basically I was at eBay. Um, Oscar had just turned two. I'd been back at work for, I don't know, 18 months or something. And he was ready to go into his first big boy bed. Um, whilst at eBay, I did lots of travel. So about every six weeks, I was either in the UK or the US. And I was just seeing all these amazing products available over there that we just couldn't get here in Australia. Um, and really all I wanted was a dark brown wrought iron bed. So I was looking on eBay to see if I could buy something on there that I could have refinished, but they were all kind of painted in lead paint and I was worried about the safety of that. I was trying to import things from overseas, but the freight was more than the cost of the product. Um, and I just kept harping on about it. It was something that just, you know, and I once I get an idea in my head, I can't stop. I just keep harping on about it until I can kind of solve it. And um, so everyone at work, I was like... I we just can't get a good bed here. Um, there's no great children's products. And so, and I'd also done, um, I think what probably gave me the confidence was at that same time, I'd done a big market research study for eBay, which showed that three of the fastest growing industries were children. So um, people were having children older and as a, and so basically they had more disposable income by the time they had their child. And obviously, as you would know, as soon as you have a child, you transfer your disposable income to that child instead of yourself. Um, the second one was online. Obviously, online was growing at a rapid rate back then. Um, and then home. So it was pre, it was just kind of post GFC. And we knew that people were entertaining at home more than they were previously. So as a result of that, they wanted their homes to look beautiful. So the scary thing is that I'm talking about pre Bunnings days. Like, can you believe a world without Bunnings? Yeah. Um, and that, that was, <laughs> I know. That's what we do on Sundays. Exactly. So that was, um, that was when Bunnings started as well. So I, I did have the confidence that I knew from market research that they were three um, of the fastest growing industries. So yeah, after lots of procrastination, lots of talking about it, um, finally we we're on holidays in Fiji laying by the pool and I'm still carrying on about this bed and how we can't get it. And my husband just said to me, shut up about it. Just shut up about it and you do it. Um, and that's, that's how I started. Where all good things happen around a pool. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, up. Yeah. But I just like, yeah. So you, you have explained well about you, that's where you, your confidence came from, but that was in marketing, not in manufacturing. So like what made you even think that you could tackle that? 
I don't know. And to be honest, had I known what I was in for, I don't know that I would have done it. So I think it was probably just lack of awareness, um, as lack of understanding. I've, I've always been reasonably confident and um, I will just give things a go. I'm, yeah. I'm not afraid of failing. I guess that's probably, um, I'm okay with failing um, and I'm okay with putting myself out there and just asking for things, um, which I think is a lot of the time what people are scared to do. Wor- worst case is no. So, and that's your worst case if you don't do anything. So I just figure, yes, you'll get some no's along the way, but you'll also get some yeses occasionally. So. You've just so, got to try. So 10 years in, INSEE's celebrating 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the value of the business and, and what does it look like? Like how, how, where are you stocked? How many stockers do you have? And does it have, that even matter to you now? No, of course. Yes. Yes, it definitely matters. So we've got, I think we've got about 11 stores that we stock into now and they're just our stores that we've been dealing with. Most of them we've dealt with for 12, uh, 10 years, the whole time we've been around. Um, and they're just our, we've kind of got one main one in all capital cities. Um, so that allows us to have a spot where people can, you know, see the product, um, allows us to have somewhere for those people to shop locally. Fortunately, the place we really um, need a stockist is in Sydney. So we don't have any, um, we did have our own store there for a long time, um, but we shut it down the year before last. Um, but yeah, so we, um, yeah, we've stocked in nine different countries. I think it might be nine or 11, I can't remember. Um, I don't know if it's nine countries plus the distributors or nine all up. Um, but to be honest, those numbers don't matter to me. Um, yes, they're great to talk about in a press release, and but I just... I just want to make beautiful products that people love um, and want to hand down to their kids. Like that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's my dream. Just taking a small breather from my chat with Christy to tell you about the sponsor for this series of company. The Grampians Goods Co. is inspired by the rugged grandeur of the Grampians region in regional Victoria. Its founder, Amanda, creates and curates natural lifestyle products and practical luxe apparel that go beyond simple utility, providing a connection point to a unique place and to your own yearning for adventure and self-discovery. As a female-founded rural Aussie brand, the Grampians Goods Co. creates and curates a range of lifestyle products that help you transcend the modality of everyday life to experience adventure through a uniquely feminine lens. With recycled wool tartan blankets for a snuggly winter afternoon on the couch, to a non-toxic self-nurturing aromatherapy candle range, to adventure blankets for spontaneous mountain adventures, the Grampians Goods Co. helps you to experience the rugged grandeur of your wild places without neglecting your own self-care. Amanda uses locally sourced ingredients, provides low waste and recyclable packaging solutions for her products and contributes to a foundation that supports women experiencing domestic violence. The Grampians Goods Co. has an exciting new range of cosy products coming soon to complement each range. It includes snuggly hot water bottle covers, new blanket styles and a bespoke blend of salted hot chocolate. So stay tuned for that. As an exclusive for company listeners, Amanda's set up a special discount code for you. Enter COMPANY10 at the checkout for 10% off your purchase for a limited time. 
What do you see? What's your main place in the business? Like, what do you describe yourself as? Um, <laughs> I'm the founder um, and I'm kind of the general dog's body. Um, I do a bit of everything. I am trying really hard to change that though. So um, recently we've split the, bliz- the business in half. So I look after... Um, basically sales and marketing and I also do finance and then I've just brought on a general manager who look after operations I have a really great operations manager and then Tom works in that team too so it just allows me to split my brain basically it's been a lot for me to try and manage all of them um, so now that we've split in half I'm really just focused on sales and marketing and the finance side um, and then the other guys focus on the other half of the business so who does all the like where do the ideas come from for the products and the design? So that's pretty much it. So it is a collaborative. Um, so basically we sit down probably three or four times a year and we have our, what we call our offsites and we go somewhere external and we just sit there and we, it's always broken down into different sections. So, um, and one of those big sections is always customer feedback. So we try to listen to our customers. We have a big kind of spreadsheet that um, through the year, as people tell us things that we, you know, like right now, there's a real appetite to bring back our penny bed, which is a spindle bed we had years ago. And now all of a sudden, um, obviously that style must be more in style now and people are asking for it again. So that kind of stuff goes into the spreadsheet. Um, and right now people want trundles and, you know, so, um, a lot of it is listening to what customers are telling us. Um, so if your customers are going to give you that feedback, you, you need to listen, you're crazy not to. Um, and then it's also just kind of looking out there and I'm, I used to be really inspired by travel. Um, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of travel to inspire me as much. So I just love going to you know places like India or Asia or, and just wandering through the markets and you know that's the stuff that really inspires me um but now it's you know it's probably instagram is where i get a lot of inspiration so and then in terms of product design that's typically done by tom and i um and we sit down and go okay what do we need like where are the gaps in our current product range or sometimes we just go what we just like to do um, I think good thing about having done this for 10 years is you can just do some stuff for fun now. Um, like our Kip and Co bed heads, there is not a need in the world for some floral bed, <laughs> but we just wanted to do it. And we love the Kip and Co girls and we love the print. So we're just like, Oh, well, let's do it. If it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell. Like it's, so that's the, that's a good thing about having done this for so long is you can pick and choose a little bit. Tell me about how that collab came about. Uh, well, we just, I'm, I just talk to the Kip and Co girls often. Um, and Tom and I sat down last year. So um, in Corona, we had some, well, pre-Corona, we had a big collaboration launching um, that we weren't able to do um, because the person we're working with, they were manufacturing in India. And obviously India had an outbreak of um, Corona and lots of factories were shut down and all sorts of stuff. So that's coming later this year and it's epic. I can't, I cannot wait for people to see it. It's something we've been working on for two and a half years and it's really, it's so cool. Um, But when we knew that wasn't happening, we sat down and we were like, okay, what else can we do? Like, let's just have some, throw around some ideas. Um, And one of the ideas is something that's launching next month, which is really cool too. Um, Can you give us any hints on any of these? 
Um, you may have seen our photo shoot from it last year. So we did a photo shoot um, for those products. Um, may have been at Steve Cordoni's house at Rosedale. Um, and yes, yeah, so stay tuned for that. That's happening next month. It's really, really exciting. Um, and then the other collaboration at the end of the year is amazing. It's really, really cool. And I just can't wait for people to see it. Um, and it's with another company that we work a lot with. So there's a hint. Um, but the one with Kip and Co really just came about with, we reached out to the girls and we're like, we actually started talking to them about a pajama range actually was how it started. I wrote to them and I was like, Hey, we're thinking we might do some pajamas. Like, can we do it through you guys? And they were like, probably not. We're not actually that great at pajamas. Um, why don't you do a bedhead instead? And we were like, okay, cool. Let's do that. That's just where it went. Basically. They just were like, here's some prints we've got coming out next year. Want to have a look at those? And we were like, yes, we love that one. Um, so they were launching field of dreams in, you know, in, children's um children's um linen adult linen children's um apparel as well as adult apparel so we were like yeah let's jump on board with that it sounds to me like collaborations just save businesses in some in a, in an inspiration sense can you tell me a bit about about that like about how good it is to partner and whether it's more about the partnering or about the the financial bottom line of what you can get from it oh, look we've never ever entered into a collaboration for money reasons um so we've never actually uh, and look some of our collaborations have probably been our worst sellers ever um yeah. But it's just, I don't look at it from a financial perspective. I just kind of look at it as a brand alignment. Um, we do get asked to collaborate with people. And if I just don't, um, but I think collaborations only really work when it is a natural fit and you do genuinely work well together. Um, so we don't enter into a collaboration unless we believe in it. I think customers are smart. They can see through a, you know, we're just doing this for a financial gain. Um, so any of the collaborations we've done, it's just where we really love the people that we're collaborating with. And we've just said, why don't we do something together? Um, and that's really been, I'm sure there is way better ways to handle a collaboration. And I'm sure there is um, much smarter ways to do it. But we kind of see them as just a bit of fun. And we think that, you know, we love those brands and we know that our customers love those brands too. So hopefully we can bring our customers something that brings them some value. Why are they so fun? I don't know. I think it's just cool to do something different. Um, you know, like we've done, we did a rocking chair. That was something that we've, we've never produced a rocking chair to before. Um, we did another collaboration years ago with Kip and Co. Um, and we did like these really outrageously different colored beds. Like every component of the bed was a different color in the cot. Um, uh, we've done one with Megan Morton. That was just so cool to see how her brain worked and just to, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the product for that. That was more about the um, the shoot and the marketing afterwards and um, just the opportunities we got out of that. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that Megan Morton collaboration, every country road store has one of our beds as, as a display bed. Um, like that's pretty cool. It's amazing. So, yeah, but I, I do really like firmly believe that a collaboration works best when it's just natural. Mm. it's like an education piece too it's like mm. almost having a little internship at that business and you get to work with that person and like you say see how their brain works and just mm -hmm. a melding pot of all these different ideas yeah coming, like exploding to life yep 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's something that's just interesting and allows you to do different products that we wouldn't have been like Sketchinette. There's no way we could make neon signs. That's just not in our capabilities. But um, by partnering with them, it allows us to do it, allows us to do it here in Australia. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool. So tell me what NC Interior, what NC Interiors includes now, like what is your range? It's not just beds. No, so we do basically everything from a bassinet all the way up to a queen size bed. So um, we try to cater for kids of all ages. So everything from a newborn all the way up to a teenager and even some adults have our beds. So we really cover bedrooms. Um, that's, what we've, that's what we focus on. Um, bedrooms or playrooms. So it's kids furniture. We know that, um, and I think this has became even more prevalent through corona and lockdowns that our homes are really our havens. Like that's where we go to be safe and to um, restore ourselves. And a kid's bedroom is, that's their one safe space in the whole world. Um, so it's a really important place. And, you know, lots of ideas are generated there. And um, so our, our purpose, INSEE's purpose is to inspire the kids of today towards greatness tomorrow. And I just love the fact that you know, if we can create these beautiful inspirational bedrooms for children, that that can then just imagine what that can spur later on in their lives. And, you know, if you've got a really beautiful, inspiring space that you can come home to and, you know, feel safe. And like I, I just think more so as kids get older, and it's probably just because my children are that age that, you know, I've got a tween and a teen and, you know, they're just so vulnerable at those ages. And I, I really want to create spaces for kids to come and feel like safe and, you know, give them the, the space to dream and be inspired. I know that sounds so woo-woo and wanky. Um, oh my gosh, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is what yeah. drives me. Your cozy spot. My bedroom yeah. growing up was definitely that space. And I, I, it's, it's just such a big part of you. I remember being, you know, we had a big wait after school every um, day before we jumped on the school bus. And often I would sit down with a piece of paper and sketch out how I was going to change my room around that afternoon. And you'd change it around and make it new and make a little nook for this and a little nook yep. for that. And yeah, an absolute haven. And even now, like as you, and that's something that stays with you go to boarding mm. school you make your little space just yep. your, your own little personal thing so yeah. I don't think that's where we're at all <laughs> <laughs> um so 10 years are we is Incy going to be looking to do anything um anything different adding any new um not interesting but like left field things to what you're doing um, well, look, that's, yes, potentially. So what we would just love to do is just expand, um, you know, expand the, the options that we have in that, um, in that bedroom space. So where, um, and a lot of that will be done through collaborations. So we do our, our big collaboration, the one that I was talking about from last year, it's got all sorts of elements. It has, you know, wall things and bed things and, you know, like kind of, um, cushions and all that kind of stuff it's really cool um, and so that will expand our range a little we've got the sketch and etch stuff which is for wall based and we do we are currently working on another wall option um, with another um, another company and then I would really I still want to do PJs so if there's anyone out there listening I would love to do pajamas with someone it is the and a um, 
my other idea. So hopefully no other bed linen bed companies are listening and um, steal this idea. I'd just love to do a, a, a bedtime story. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. That's, they're my two goals. So they're the things I'd love to do is a, a you know, a, a pajama range and a bedtime story. Heaven. Where do you get your style from? I'm looking at you and you just look so gorgeous and I look like I've just got out of bed. <laughs> do you, is there, is there an influence that has been constant in your life? Yeah, it's my mum. Honestly, she's the most stylish person I know. Um, and she's just so cool. Um, yeah, she, you know, she just always looks amazing. Um, and I guess that was just, I think if you grow up with that, that just becomes second nature. Our house always looks beautiful and mum always looks beautiful, but not in a... Um, like in an overly, um, it's not like she spends hours and hours getting ready or anything. She's just naturally stylish. Um, you know, and she just, she's just outrageous. I just love her. She, you know, the things that she's way cooler than I am. Like she just, she can rock a, you know, a purple leather skirt and like, she's just, um, and she can pull it off. So yeah, I I think it's just my mum. Um, she's a very stylish lady and it's, obviously been in my life my whole life and yeah, how would you describe to... her style and your style if you had to pigeonhole it hate doing I think that, but... we're both classic um so in terms of I think it's my style as well as Incy's style I say we're classic but cool so we're kind of the you know a traditional blazer but with a, a fun shirt underneath or something like that so we're classic but cool mum's probably um She's just probably a little cooler than I am. <laughs> How amazing. Um, yeah, she's cool. Yeah. And then my parents, no, sorry, I was just going to say my parents are so different. My dad is a rugby playing farmer um, who's six foot three and, you know, obsessed with health and exercise. And my mummy's like five foot two. She um, basically smokes and drinks coffee all day and then will drink wine at night time and is, could not. <laughs> never exercises um she's like an original feminist like they're just so opposite it's not funny oh I love that (laughs) I love that so aside from um your mum who sounds like a total legend um (laughs) who who and what inspires you uh do you know what my family and friends are probably what inspire me the most um you know I just in terms of the kids, I really just want to show them that, um, like my mum did, um, that you can do anything. Like as a, I know it sounds all feminist, and but I really want Polly to know that she can do anything. Um, and funnily enough, when we were on holidays um, recently with my whole entire family, mum and Polly were trying to do something, make bracelets or something and with this machine and mum said oh I just can't figure this out Paul I think we're going to have to get dad or Jeremy which is her uncle to help us Paul was like no we don't grandma we don't need a man to come and help us and mum was like oh my god <laughs> so yeah look I really just want um and Oscar too I want them both to know that they can they can do anything the world's their oyster um yeah so and in terms of inspiring me in like in just doing better it's really I just want to be the best I can be for my family and friends. Incy Interiors is a multi-million dollar business and it sounds to me like you're just streets ahead of the uh in the best possible way community that you came from and operating in a regional space 
how does that feel to you? Um, you know, you, you haven't taken it yet. Yeah, you, you sound like you've just really run your own race and just keep going for um, achieving and achieving and achieving and higher and higher heights. Yeah, look, I guess I've, um, yeah, I am, I'm a typical A-type personality. I, you know, I, I don't know why I'm driven to achieve. Sometimes that's really exhausting though. Um, so that is a good thing to keep driving you, but it also means that I'm exhausted half the time um, and my poor body, I, you know, it is constant right now. I think you can only push your body so hard. Um, and I've really pushed my body over the years. And as a result, now it's, it's kind of breaking down on me in, in some respects. So, you know, like I've got thyroid issues and leaky guts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think, um, yes, it's great to be driven and it's great to achieve, but I think you also have to look after yourself at the same time. And that's one thing I haven't done. I need to, and that's my goal for this year is really to look after myself. In what ways? I just, I think just be kind to myself um, and just be kinder and just try not to, it sounds so silly, but to to try not to push all the time. Um, I'm constantly pushing for more, pushing for better, pushing for different. You know, I, I never reflect back. Um, even just talking about 10 years, we were, we were trying to talk about it as a business and I was like, Oh, let's talk about all the things we could do this year. I, I really struggle looking back. Um, and I'm always just pushing forward, but that's to my own detriment and probably to my family's detriment too. Well, it's been so lovely to get to know you through the course of this interview a little bit more and congratulations on reaching your 10 years and gosh, I'm so excited about your upcoming collaborations this year. Thanks, Christy. Yeah, me too. I can't wait for you to see them and honestly, thank you for having me. What a woman. I just can't believe how grounded Christy Withers is, despite the fact that she has such a hugely successful business. And I have to tell you that the second Christy and I started talking, she was helping me to better my own business and put me in contact with some of her tribe. Such a lovely girl who I'm so glad to have interviewed. Thank you, Christy. I'll be back next week with another episode of Company. Thank you again to the sponsor for this series of Company, The Grampians Goods Co. If you haven't signed up to my newsletter, please do so at mansonandcompany.com.
As I keep saying, after hearing Amanda's story, I could not admire her more. What a lot she's been through. Over the next couple of weeks, this is the place that you'll be hearing about some of her new products and ranges that are coming out from the Grampians Goods Co. this winter. They're all awesome, so make sure you stay tuned and share this with your friends if you've loved it. And that's it. We'll be back with another episode next week.